and welcome to Hi Viz, the Cause Construction podcast. My name is Jacqueline Smith and I'm an associate in the Cause Construction team and a director of the Society of Construction Law Australia. Today, we'll be bringing you the first of our two-part series, bringing you some key insights from Sydney Arbitration Week. Today, we'll be discussing the key theme of Sydney Arbitration Week, innovation in arbitration. In the next episode, we'll be discussing what Australia needs to do to strengthen its position as an arbitration hub. Joining me today is Gavin Denton, the founder and head of Arbitration Chambers Hong Kong, Abhinav Bhushan, the regional director for South Asia of the ICC, and Andrew Stevenson, partner in the CORE's construction team. Welcome to Gavin, Abhinav and Andrew. Uh, So you all attended Sydney Arbitration Week last week, which focused on uh, the theme of uh, innovation in arbitration. Could you talk us through some of the key issues that came up in that space and what the principal innovations and opportunities here um, internationally are? Well, one of the issues that interested me was a discussion about the role of arbitral secretaries and in particular um, the issue as to what extent such uh, secretaries should be involved in the decision-making process, whether by way of researching points of law or ultimately writing sections of the award. The use of arbitral secretaries is on the increase and many of the international arbitrators are recommending that one be appointed ostensibly for the purposes of organising the arbitration process and the arbitrator's diary with those of the parties. However, the recent decision between Russia and UCOS has given rise to challenges to that award on a number of bases, but one of the bases is that um, having regard to the language used in the award and the language of the arbitral secretary, an analysis has been done uh, suggesting a very high probability that the quantum sections of the award were written by the secretary and not any of the members of the arbitral panel. And so this raises an issue as to whether uh, the arbitrators have uh, abdicated their responsibility for decision making. Now this is uh, an issue that arose during a session on Tuesday last week uh, where Gary Bourne spoke and he observed that this is uh, likely to happen more often than is admitted uh, in international arbitration uh, and questioned whether um, uh, it was appropriate in circumstances where the parties uh, did not understand that that would be the case. And he put the proposition that if it were to occur, it should occur uh, with consent of the parties But it raises a more general issue, which I'm sure the other panel will have comments about, uh, whether uh, arbitral secretaries' role um, should be limited uh, and in what ways they might be. Yes, I think uh, the role of arbitral secretaries should be limited because it goes to the fundamental question of did the parties nominate the arbitral secretary or did the parties nominate the arbitrators to resolve the dispute? I'm sure the parties want their nominated arbitrator 
to have a hands-on approach towards arbitration, towards their arbitration, and have the arbitrator write the award. Now, after having administered several hundreds of arbitrations at the ICC, uh, and having worked with several administrative secretaries, you do get a sense that <coughs> some arbitrators uh, use administrative secretaries more judiciously than the others. Uh, but then, of course, there is a grey line out there where the administrative secretaries exceed their mandate on certain occasions. Um, and, and as far as the ICC is concerned, I think we, we try and keep a watch uh, and, and make sure that that, that should not happen. Uh, Gavin? Look, I think there's a real place for tribunal secretaries. I think people, uh, it provides a huge opportunity for younger practitioners to get involved uh, and witness how arbitrations are run, both procedurally prior to a hearing and through a hearing, uh, and to be involved with the tribunal if possible, when they're conferring with one another to decide what the ultimate outcome is going to be. Uh, all very valuable experience, but I, I think there are possibly too many occasions these days where the tribunal secretary is being asked to go beyond what I think is a reasonable remit, and, and where do you draw that line? I think recently there's been far too much procedural information contained within an arbitral award and so it's taken a huge amount of time and resources to be able to draft that section of an award and so it's been useful for arbitral secretaries to be able to draft that section. Um, but obviously when it comes to drafting the, the merits or the, uh, the basis of the award uh, then that should befall the arbitral tribunal. Uh, and in most cases, I think the tribunals would say that's what happens, and we just don't have any evidence to support who's actually doing most of the work in, in these tribunals. So that might be an interesting thing to look at. Um, but I, I do think uh, that people can expect that uh, it, when they appoint arbitrators to a matter, that they're the ones that are going to turn their minds to the legal basis of the award, and, and that's what should happen. And I think what, what might help is to, to, at the time of the appointment of the administrative secretary, and different institutions have different procedures to do that, uh, it might be helpful to identify and put it on, on record in writing what will be the scope, the precise exact scope for that administrative secretary to the parties, so that there is no room for any confusion as to what the arbitral secretary may or may not do. Um, and we see that more and more now. Yes, I agree. And it's difficult to see any reason why there should be any objection to a qualified lawyer who happens to be the secretary doing basic research on particular legal points to aid the final decision. The ultimate problem arises where the arbitral panel, one of them, abdicates responsibility for the decision to uh, the secretary. Now I think uh, that total abdication would be very rare um, but the degree of involvement of the secretary varies quite extensively I suspect although I have no proof of that and therefore I agree that transparency is important and the parties need to speak to the arbitral panel for the purposes of identifying the limitations on the secretary's role. I think there's also a major issue about who pays for these tribunal secretaries too and um, the ICC has you know, introduced a, a rule that says that 
uh, they can be used, but uh, not at the cost of the parties, but at the cost of the tribunal if they want to use them. And I think that's very fair and reasonable. Um, in other cases, or other institutions, uh, I'm not quite sure, Evan. Do you know how the HKIAC or SIAC deals with it? I think uh, uh, the SIAC, uh, you can hire, you can have an administrative secretary over and above a certain amount in dispute, and the fee of that secretary is capped to, I think, $250. I'm not, I'm not very sure, but they cap it. Uh, but it does not flow from the, of the arbitral tribunal. It's 250 an hour. Yeah, uh, yeah, or I think 150 an hour, but uh, I'm not so sure, but that's how they do it. They cap it over, over a certain amount in dispute. Um, that's, they do it, that's how they do it, but from the ICC's point of view, I think it's, it's not easy for the parties to tell the tribunal that no, don't have it, don't have a secretary. And it's also not easy for the party to tell the tribunal, oh, we are paying this much money to the institution, now, fine, we're going to pay this much extra to the admin secretary because that is not a part of the institutional kitty that goes to um, the institution. Well, I think it's outrageous. I had a case last year as council where uh, a tribunal chair, uh, who was part of a major law firm, uh, decided the week before our hearing that he needed uh, an arbitral secretary who happened to be one of the associates from his firm. And at the end of the day, we were rendered with a bill for 60,000 US dollars. Um, and a week before the hearing, we felt that we had no choice but to accept the kind invitation of the president of the tribunal uh, to have somebody come and assist. So um, I like the ICC's proposal uh, and where arbitral tribunals feel as though they can afford to pay them, terrific, but if not, then they'll get some wonderful experience and um, that's as far as it should go. Thanks again to Gavin Abenav and Andrew. It's been great to hear some of the key highlights of Sydney Arbitration Week and gain some insights into the broader developments in the Asia-Pacific region. We look forward to you joining us for part two of our update from Sydney Arbitration Week. My name is Jacqueline Smith. Thank you for listening. This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances.